this is called the parable of the sower. It ought not to be called the parable of the sower. It really is the parable of the soils. I'm not much of a farmer. I will admit it. I can kill just about anything that I put in the ground. I can do it without having to work at it, or I can work at it and do it anyway. The trees that are growing in our backyard are growing because of homeowner neglect. I prepared the soil, I plumped them in the soil, they get watered regularly on a drip system, and if I leave them alone, they've got a far greater chance of surviving than if I pay attention to them like I did with the cherry tree and with the Saturn peach, who both seem to have kicked off this mortal coil. If you come to me for gardening advice, I tell you that the best advice I can give you is go to somebody else. But this is the parable of the soils. This is not the parable of the sower. So while the, while the editors of particular Bibles say this is a parable of the sower, I think you'll find out that it's really not. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear. Let him hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You notice the pun? Jesus could tell a bad joke just like everybody else. Sometimes heads of grain are called heads of grain. Sometimes they're called ears. So he who has ears to hear let him hear. The bad jokes I come up with, there is a biblical precedent for coming up with them. I just want you to know. It's a corny joke. It is a corny joke. <laughs> I tell you a joke about vegetables, but it's just too corny. If you've... Uh, if you've watched The Chosen, that is a joke told in The Chosen, because Matthew has no sense of humor. So Nathaniel tells him the corny joke so that he can at least come up with one in the appropriate time. Jesus often told stories to illustrate truthful things. 
The disciples once asked him, why do you tell stories? And he said, so the people that are actually interested in hearing, they will get the point of the story. The people that just want to hear a story will just hear a story. And Jesus told stories and he illustrated truth and there is truth being told in the middle of this story. Good soil produces good growth. Poor soil produces poor growth or no growth. So what kind of soil do we provide for God's word to grow and inhabit our lives? If the soil we provide is not conducive to growth, how do we provide better soil? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. At least for a couple of minutes. Farmers would say, with enough manure, just about anything will grow. I am not urging you to fill the soil of your life with more manure. But you can provide good soil for God's Word to grow in your life if you do a couple of simple things. So we're going to look at a few texts and then I'm going to take you through and you already know some of the answers that are written here at the bottom of the page. So turn with me to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So go past 1st and 2nd Corinthians, go past Galatians, and then you will find Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And listen to what Paul has to say. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature personhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. We are to grow up in every way into Christ. He's talking about the body, and what is the body? That's us. Usens, weans. You see, we we don't join a church. We become part of a body. Yeah, you might sign on the line. Nobody is signed on the line here. We we don't worry about that. We just know that if you're worshiping here, you're part of this body of Christ. And I, in fact, had to invent a letter for Tim, who had never become a member of the church that they joined, wanted to see a, a membership letter, so I put it on letterhead and said, I'm transferring his membership out to the church in Georgia. Isn't that a good thing to do? You didn't join a church, became part of the body. Some parts of the body are stronger than other parts of the body. 
Some parts of the body are weaker than other parts of the body. But we need one another. We're growing together, some faster, some slower, but we need one another to truly be the body of Christ. And we need not only this body, but we need the body of Christ that's in Zambia. And they need us. And we need the body of Christ that's across town in various and sundry, sundry other churches. And they need us because we are the body of Christ together. We meet separately on Sunday mornings and it gives people the idea that one church is better than another church. Well, I'm here to tell you they are. But it's not really true. If it is the body of Christ, we may just have different styles of doing things. Now, you need to make your way back to 1 Peter, the second chapter. Go past, all the way past Hebrews, and then start looking once you hit James, and you will find 1 Peter. 1 Peter, the second chapter. This is Peter, the apostle Peter, the disciple Peter, who often did not have his act together. But after the day of Pentecost, he began to get his act together more, and then after his time with Cornelius and his time in Antioch, he began to grow even more to have his act together, and this is what Peter has to say. He starts off the chapter, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Verse 2. Like newborn infants, Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So while you turn over to Second Peter, the third chapter, yes, it is just the next book over. It says, long for the pure spiritual milk. In other words, you're longing for sustenance, something that will help you grow. There are times that I wonder how my grandsons grow because Sawyer will only eat about three things in his life. <laughs> Otherwise, he will look at it and go, Ugh. He has no desire to eat anything else, and the kid's growing up, and I look and say, how do you get any sustenance out of this? Peanut butter toast. And then for a variation, peanut butter on toast. And then for a variation, toast underneath peanut butter. But no jelly. The occasional apple. I said, how is this boy going to grow up? He's got to grow up and he needs nutrients. Well, sometimes you get nurtured and you grow up anyway. So 2 Peter, the third chapter in the 18th verse, Peter writes, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Grow, long for the pure spiritual milk. Become part of the body and grow together as the body of Christ. And here are five ways down below that you can grow. These ways will not save you. They cannot save you. Nothing that you do can save you. If you have surrendered to the grace of God, you are saved. 
that if you want to grow up into Jesus Christ, the only thing you can do is work. <coughs> yeah, but I'm retired. I'm through working. No, you're not. <coughs> there is no retirement plan in the kingdom of God. I don't know how many times I have heard that. My friend Jim Martin, who went to be with the Lord, waited months and months and months knowing that he was going to die. Last year we were praying, and I went to see Jim, and Jim said, I'm just praying that I will be alive until my grandson gets home from college in May. This is late April. And Jim and I prayed together, and other folks prayed with Jim. And every time somebody would come over, he would witness to his faith that he was trusting in God no matter what. And he's made a difference in a lot of lives through the years. Not a perfect man, but a man who was devoted to the Lord Jesus. He started me out with ILI. He took me on my first mission trip. He did so many things in his life, and he trusted that God was going to see him through. Because he had grown in the Lord Jesus Christ, that even as he was approaching the end of his life, he was still making a difference in the lives of other people. Do you want to grow up into Jesus so that you can make a difference in the lives of other people and truly be a disciple? Not somebody who's sitting on the sidelines, but somebody who's making a difference. Here's how to do it. Bible study, prayer, worship, participating in the community, and service. There are no shortcuts. If you want to grow up into Jesus, this is how to do it. And I'm here to tell you that if you don't spend six hours a day in Bible study and seven hours a day in prayer and then come to the church every single day, that you're going to go straight to the place from which you to which you do not want to go. No, but if you spend time in the Word of God every day, Read his word, memorize his word, think about his word. If you spend time in prayer, going through a prayer list, thinking about people who need God's help in their lives, praying for the church and the pastor and for your friends and for your family, it will remind you that you belong to Jesus. And then you worship him privately and publicly. You participate in the community, part of the body of Christ, and you serve. Now, I can't tell you how you're supposed to serve. The Holy Spirit will tell you how you're supposed to serve, and we'll talk about that in the coming months. How you can know the call of Jesus on your life so you can know what it is you're called to do. Some of you are serving by taking care of elderly parents, and you're pouring your time and energy into doing that. You're doing real service for the kingdom of God. Some of you serve by taking somebody to a doctor's appointment. Some of you serve by quietly telling people about the love of Jesus that can make a difference in their lives. You see, if you're reading your Bible, not just the stuff you like, but if you're reading the whole Bible, if you're praying, if you're worshiping, if you're participating in the community, you will find that you are serving just by serving. 
without even thinking about it. So, you want to grow with Jesus? There's only one way. Do you want to know him more? There's only one way. Do you want to reflect his life more? There's only one way. Spend time in the Word of God. Spend time praying. You see, if you're doing those things, you're going to find that you want to spend more time. You may not have enough time. So you may have to restructure your life. But when the call of God is on your life and you respond to that call, God will make clear to you what he wants you to be about. So you're in business. He wants you to be about treating people with honesty and compassion. It's a great thing because in this day and age, so many people, frankly, don't do it. He wants you to act with integrity. So you're taking care of elderly parents. He wants you to do it without grumbling and complaining, going, oh no, here we go again. And I'm also here to tell you that as humans, we're going to grumble and complain, but we can confess that and get that taken care of too. Whatever it is the scriptures tell us that we're doing, do it as to the Lord. Don't do it to please people. Do it because you're doing it for the Lord. And when you're doing it for the Lord, you're going to find out you really are serving Him and you really are making a difference. Now, I've known Dale for 17 years. He wandered in one day to say hi because he had a new job. And he was driving by the church and he decided he would just stop by and meet the pastor. So he stopped by. He said, look, I know I don't have an appointment. Can you give me 15 minutes? And about an hour and a half later, he said, you know what, I really need to go and I really need to go. And Dale and I became friends. And we remained friends through the years as he went back into pastoral ministry, as he had struggles in his life. We were in communication with one another. We encouraged each other. And all I was thinking about was just being a friend to Dale. And that's what friends do. We're loyal to one another. And I'm a loyal friend in Dale was a loyal friend, and Kathy came up to me and hugged me and said, nobody else has stuck with Dale the way you have stuck with Dale. Well, that's not because of me. It's because God allowed me to serve my friend Dale because he had served me. And if you were serving because you are praying and studying and worshiping and participating in community, God will take that service and make it not seem like service, but it's something you're doing just because God is working things out through your life. The story Jesus told is not a story about the guy that did this. It's a story about what happened when the seed hit the soil. I have little California poppies growing up in the rocks in our front yard. 
Now, we sowed those poppy seeds a long time ago, then we had to sow more because I saw little birdies over there going, pay, 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 and I wanted to see poppies growing up between the rocks in our front yard. We don't have any grass, so we don't have to worry about the mower taking them out. And now, those poppies have been growing up through all the cold. They started growing up way too early in November. And I'm praying those poppies will actually produce some flowers at the appropriate time so we don't have to receive the seed, we'll just go in. And when I read this story of the sower and the soils, I was thinking, good grief, we kind of sowed in the middle of the rocks, but I knew what was down there. Good soil. Those little flowers are making their way out. You can be good soil for God's word to grow in you by Bible study and prayer, by worship, participating in community, and by service. We'll be talking more about these things in the month ahead and in the months ahead as we learn about growing up together into Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have sown your word into our lives and may we be soils that are receptive, that give room in our lives for your word to grow, to take root, to flower, to produce. We want to be like Jesus. Help us to call out to you that we would be more and more like Jesus, that your word would be planted in other lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And the night he was betrayed, our Lord took bread and he blessed and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and he said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this as often as you eat it, remembering me. I smell garlic. <laughs> That's really good. Sorry you can't smell it, it's going to make me hungry. When the supper was over, he took the cup. Again he gave thanks. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This cup is a new covenant in my blood poured out for you and for many. The remission of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, remembering me. Gracious God, thank you for what you have done. Not because we are worthy or wonderful, but because we needed you so desperately that you sent your Son to the world, that we would have life in him by believing in him. And now may we grow up into him. And so as we take of the bread and as we take of the cup, may we know the presence of our Lord Jesus, who came to give us life. We praise you in his name.